Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Draft Nation Podcast. My name is Joe 412, and I will be your host for the next 30 minutes. For those of you who do not know what Draft Nation is or are new to the program, we are a members of a brother and sisterhood of total lunatics. We are Draft Knicks to the core, and we believe that sports drafts of all shapes and sizes deserve more coverage daily coverage, in fact, as each year professional drafts in all four major sports set records for viewership and attendance, and this past year was no different. Uh, So on Draft Nation, we feature weekly in-depth analysis on all four major sports drafts and draft prospects from the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball, and tonight will be no different. We will break down the free agent marketplaces and how they may affect your favorite team's draft strategies. And we will talk potential trades for your favorite teams, salary cap impacts for your favorite teams. And last but not least, Draft Nation will always offer analysis on each of your favorite teams and their positional needs for future drafts. But before we drop the puck tonight, we want to thank our sponsor, Taste Pizza and Draft House, home of the world's best pizza. Check them out at worldsbestpizza.com. And without further ado, Draft Nation goes back on the clock uh, and tonight is a pleasure for me to introduce my guest, Tony Dunahue from Indianapolis tonight. Tony is at Tony D Indy on Twitter. Uh, he's here from the Fans Place and the Tony D Podcast with 13 years of experience 
on Indianapolis Radio. Please let me welcome Tony Dunahue. Tony, are you ready to go on the clock with Draft Nation? Well, let's do it, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, great. Let's get started, man. Uh, I wanted to chat with you tonight specifically about the Pacers and the Colts, but we're going to start with the Colts. Tell me a little bit. The Colts had a crazy draft, and they had 12 picks um, overall uh, in the past NFL draft. Um, what were your thoughts overall on the Colts' performance uh, in in the 2023 draft, and, and what were some of the surprises in there for you? Yeah, I mean, first got to start off with the obvious pick in Anthony Richardson and, and, and what he brings to the table uh, and the process that Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard and then eventually Shane Steichen, who came over to be the head football coach, went through. Uh, there was a lot of rumor mills on which quarterback would be would be taken with that pick. Will Levis was was a hot name that we heard around here uh, early and often. I mean, there was there was a lot of oh, Ball- Chris Ballard's down watching Kentucky play this team and yada yada yada. But when it got closer and the combine was here, you got a guy that can jump out of the gym and Anthony Richardson. Um, maybe he has some mechanic issues and he's going to have a lot of learning to still do. But um, I thought with that fourth overall pick, grabbing Anthony Richardson out of Florida was a huge pick. Um, you know, the excitement level here in Indianapolis is building. Look, this is a team, as you know, uh, and a franchise that over the last 20 plus years, 25 years has been pretty, pretty great with the quarterback position, obviously Peyton Manning being here and then handing the reins basically after one lame duck year with Curtis Painter over to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck showed some great signs of promise, was a great quarterback. The injuries just piled up. And now this franchise and this fan base has gone back to, well, we just don't want to keep recycling these old school quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers on the backside of his career, Matt Ryan on the backside of his career, Carson Wentz on a prove-it-to-me contract that didn't work out. Um, you know, and then, you know, Joe, Jacoby Brissett started games. Um, it's just been a disaster from the quarterback position since that day, almost four and a half, five years ago when Andrew Luck announced his retirement. To go out and get, it, get Anthony Richardson, the excitement level um, is there. Um, you know, look, as with any rookie quarterback, we're going to see flashes of why this guy was the number four pick, and we're going to see him dance around in the pocket, scramble, extend plays. And we're going to say, man, the future looks bright. But there's also going to be uh, some times this year where you're going, well, you can definitely tell he's a rookie. Or why would he make that boneheaded throw? Or he waited too long to to get the ball out and ends up throwing an interception or ends up getting sacked. So uh, it's going to be a roller coaster uh, ride this year for Anthony Richardson. And and really with camp starting today, the next big question is, will he be the starter uh, on opening day uh, when, when the season gets started in September? Or will it be... Uh, the veteran coming over from Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew, who's spent some time in Jacksonville, spent some time in Philadelphia, uh, and knows Shane Steichen very well. Yeah, you know, you brought up several points in there that I'll, I'll touch base on. I was at the Combine, and I had a chance to watch some of these guys, you know, uh, go through the, the process of, of, you know, basically putting on a show. And Richardson, wherever he was, you could hear scouts you could hear coaches, you could hear fans uh, cheering or ooing and aahing at some of his passes. Uh, it was it was funny because there was kind of a hometown crowd, as you can imagine. It's in Indy, uh, and um, you know I think the crowd would have chosen Stroud, uh, but by the end of the combine, it was hard to deny Richardson's raw talent. 
Uh, and even though Will Levis might have had the stronger arm, Richardson has an arm enough to make all the throws in the NFL. And I'm glad you brought up some of that transition, too, because not only have you had transition in quarterback, you now you've had transition in coach. And, and Minshew makes sense to perhaps start day one in, in the Shane Steichen era only because he understands the offense and it gives Anthony Richardson a, a place to you know, kind of learn from the bench and on the sideline. But, you know, you listen to Jim Irsay and, it sounds like Ursay is saying this guy's starting, you know, and I know he's not going to be the, the final decision uh, maker there, but, you know, what's your opinion here? Do you think, is this a real competition? Do you think it, it is it going to kind of like def- default to, uh, to Minshew for a while, or is Ursay going to come in and say, this is my guy, he's starting regardless? I heard his speech about Manning going like 3-13 and 13 in his first season and suffering through it and understanding what was – what was coming and, and knowing the fans are going to be, you know, going through that again. But what, what's your sense of it? Where do you see this competition if there is one? Yeah, look, I think Jim Irsay's quotes last week or two weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show mentioning, look, he's got a lot to learn. There's a huge road ahead to, to get to where he needs to be. And we'll see who the starter is on day one. I really like that because there's just been so many times where Jim Irsay goes on and on about, we're ready to hoist the Lombardi Trophy with Carson Wentz, and we're ready to get to the promised land and get back to where we were, Colts Nation with Matt Ryan, and it just just hasn't been there. And to not have to put that expectation on Anthony Richardson off the bat, I, I was excited to hear what Jim Irsay had to say. I am a big Jim Irsay fan uh, and love what he does about 99% of the time. So I was excited when he didn't put that pressure, oh, well, he's definitely going to be our starter. He's our guy. I think you have to wait and see. Um, we'll see what snaps he gets in the preseason. We'll see how many games he starts in the preseason. We'll see where he is. Um, with that being said, my belief, my opinion is start him week one. The only way he's going to learn and get better and get ready for the NFL is to actually be out there. And that's not really something that you can simulate uh, in preseason. You know, guys sometimes go in 70 80%, or he might be carving up a defense full of guys that are probably going to be cut and be on practice squads in two weeks. So um, I'm, in the, I'm in the camp. I want to see him start right away from week one. Let's see what he can do. I don't think the expectations are playoffs this year. I, I think being competitive and learning and, 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 and getting on the right track and being competitive is where they should be this year. Um, so I, I just – unless Gardner Minshew goes out there and starts 3-0, and which remember this is a Colts franchise that hasn't started 2-0 and in like seven years, um, I, I would like to see Anthony Richardson out there from the get-go. But, uh, you know, they don't pay me for, uh, for my expertise or – or my insights. So um, I do think it'll be Gardner Minshew starting in week one, but, you know, I guess if Anthony Richardson comes out and has one crazy uh, preseason showing and, and just looks flawless in camp, I do think it'll be Gardner Minshew. That doesn't mean I want it to be Gardner Minshew, but I understand why it will be. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about your round two pick in Julius Brents. Uh, you know, Brents was a guy that I watched through college uh, at the combine, he kind of separated himself. But you, you, he's standing next to the rest of the defensive backs. He was clearly the, the biggest or one of the biggest, perhaps he and Keely Ringo, um, you know, in, in terms of, of, of size. And I, I believe he's a hometown kid. He gets to come home and play in front of the indie crowd, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what, what are your thoughts on him? What's, what's the general consensus around Indianapolis on this guy? And, and you know, what are your thoughts on Julius Brents? Yeah, I mean, I think you could take it a few different ways. Um, you know, he played his he played his high school football here at Warren Central, which is a major uh, powerhouse for football. Um, 
you know, the quarterback position was a was was, was a much need uh, on the board in free agency and in the drafts for the Colts. You know, when you make two moves and you you continue to move down in the second round and still be able to get a guy like Brent, uh, who's super tall, super wide, uh, kind of you know he's really good at breaking those passing lanes up. We saw that when he was at Kansas State. Um, I, I like the pick. You know, you, you traded down twice, added a few more assets throughout the draft, throughout next year's draft, to uh, to add him, and you get a guy that can spread things out. Uh, he's not going to get burned. And again, his arms and those passing lanes are going to make a big difference this year. Um, I don't expect him to be a Pro Bowl in year one, but I think he he has that type of talent and can be a Pro Bowl caliber guy over the next few years. Um, depending on what you look at as the Pro Bowl, I mean, it's just a glorified flag football game now. So it's really just the honor of saying, you know, hey, I was a Pro Bowl-type cornerback. So, uh, you know, I think he'll be the third or fourth on the depth chart when, when things get going. But I, I like his attitude. I like his charisma. And I think he's going to be a guy that can, can can make some plays here for the Colts early and often in the season. Yeah, you know, that's. I'm glad you said that because he's somebody that really, you know, he passes the eye test. Uh, and, you know, he always seemed to be around the ball at K-State. And, uh, you know, from, from the perspective of, of of what I saw at the Combine, you know, you could hear the, the chatter about him. Uh, and I think you guys got a steal in round two. I think he could have easily been a round one guy. I don't think anybody had him there pre-Combine, but I think after the Combine there were, there were people, and he slipped down to you guys. And, you know, I think that's, you know, the – Indianapolis is going to enjoy watching him play his his games there for the Colts. But let's go into round three for a second because this this guy Josh Downs might be my favorite pick. Now I say that knowing there are more important picks uh, in Anthony Richardson and Julius Brents, but Josh Downs. I got a, I watched a lot of ACC football uh, over the last couple of years. I you know just based on you know the coverage I was doing and watching this guy, and he didn't have a great combine, but I will say this, there's practice speed and then there's game speed. And this guy, he's electric with his hands, the ball in his hands, man. And I'm excited to see what he does with the Colts. What are your thoughts on Josh Downs? And, and also, where do you think the Colts use them, use him uh, in their offense? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think he's a guy that can become a safety blanket for Anthony Richardson. He's, he's a guy that's really good on those short routes. Um, he has those quick speed bursts where – he can turn a four to five yard slant route uh, in, in, into something big. Um, he also has a chance, I think, um, you know, as, as mentioned, he's still going to have to develop. He'll probably be third in the depth chart, but, you know, he can be that guy that, you know, somebody asked me last week, what, what, do, what do you want to see out of Anthony Richardson? Look, I'm not expecting this guy to, to throw the deep ball and, and to make these massive chunk yardage plays, but if he, if he can develop with Josh Downs and have something where, you know, those safety blanket passes, let's, let's, let's dink and dunk, let's get seven, eight-yard passes before we really get the confidence up and start going downfield. Um, that, that opens up the running game, which is what, what they're going to want to do with Jonathan Taylor, as we know. Um, but I think, with, you know, with Downs, he's a guy that can get across the middle. Uh, he can kind of be your slot receiver if needed. Uh, and he's going, to be, he's going to be going up against the third or fourth cornerback on the other squad. So I think with his, with his burst and his hands, he'll be able to make those catches, you know, third and four, third and five, third and short, um, and really become a safety blanket, I think, for Anthony Richardson. Now, is that going to be in week one, week two? Probably not. Uh, but down the road, I think those two can develop a really good chemistry. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm excited to watch him develop uh, as a Colt and, and, and see what Richardson does. And, and I can I can hear it already, Richardson the downs uh, over and over uh, again. So we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed that works out the way I think it will. Um, surprises of the draft. I mentioned it a little earlier. Uh, of the remaining 12 picks that we haven't talked about, is there a sleeper in there or do you – do you see a guy that might be able to, you know, step up and be more of a, a reserve player this year and contribute right away, or, or do you see a lot of developmental projects in, in the remaining picks that we haven't discussed yet? You know, I think Evan Hall is a guy out of Northwestern that can 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 really, from day one, maybe make a difference in the return game. I think there's going to be some competition in training camp on who's going to be the returner, punt returner, kick returner. Um, he's a speedster. Um, we can maybe see him out of the backfield as well. Uh, catching passes, maybe being that third down back. Uh, he's super fast. It reminds me of Naeem Hines, a guy who, as we just learned, um, that the Pacers – excuse me, the Pacers, look at the Pacers – that the Colts, you know, traded last year. We know that he's out for the remainder of this season. But um, he's a speedster. He's a guy that can make some plays, make some guys miss, and move forward. So uh, looking forward to see what he can do. I think I think if you're looking for a sleeper in, in, in that Colts organization from that – from that draft pick this year is it's, it's Evan Hall. Let's, let's see if he can return some things and, 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 and just be that guy that maybe brings a level of energy that, that they were missing last year on the offensive end. Well, you mentioned the Pacers by accident, but it's time to shift gears to the Pacers. So let's, let's do a little, little uh, juxtaposition here. Uh, Pacers, you know, had an interesting draft. They had two picks in round one, as you know, what are your general thoughts uh, on, on these guys and, and where do you think they fit into the roster? Yeah, you know, uh, Jairus Walker was a guy that they've been really high on. Um, I think it was between him and Grady Dick. They really liked Grady Dick. Unfortunately, Grady, um, a Kansas Jayhawk, they thought maybe he'll be he'll be a Brown guy like they have out in uh, Denver, former Kansas player who came in as a rookie and really put in some good minutes for the Nuggets. Um, but Grady had a really bad workout here. He worked out by himself. There was nobody else around. And they really liked Jairus Walker as a 3 and D guy, a guy who can spread things out. Uh, he reminds me of a Matisse Thybul or a Quentin Grimes, two players that the Pacers really had interest in when when, when those two players came out um, of, of of Houston and Washington, respectively, over the last couple of years. I like Walker. Um, eight points, four rebounds, a couple of blocks a night. Defend, you know, he'll, he'll probably be out there defending the best player on the court uh, when he gets his minutes. Uh, I don't think he's going to start right away. He can eventually earn that starting spot, but. I like Walker. Thought it was a really good pick. Um, that's who they wanted. That's who they hard targeted. Obviously, well coached at the college level, um, disruptive around the rim. But but man, I I love his three point shooting. I love his defensive abilities. As far as Ben Shepard goes, um, outside of or coming out of Belmont, you know he's a three point shooter. He really reminds me of Jeremy Lamb, a guy for the Pacers that that came off the bench and and, and can get you threes. Is he going to lock down a defender? No. Uh, but there was a lot of upside with Shepard. Uh, I think he flew under the radar at Belmont, and, and a lot of the draft scouts and a lot of these teams really didn't know what to do with him. You know, you, you, there, there's a party that says, oh, he went to Belmont, and, you know, who was he really playing as a team that didn't make the tournament? Um, how do you evaluate that? But but, but he impressed uh, at the Combine up in Chicago, and uh, he was the guy that after a few trades the Pacers landed on. And if he can knock down threes, you know how it is. I mean, the NBA is, is a shot-making league. If you can make shots, and if he can shoot close to 40% from three and 48 to 50% from the field, there's going to be minutes for him. 
Um, but we'll see. There's still a lot of work to do. I think we maybe see him swing back and forth between the G League a little bit early on in the season. But but I didn't mind the pick. It's a little bit of a risk, so to speak. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think if he can get a three-point shooting right, if that could translate from, from Belmont to the NBA, uh, I think he'll have a chance to get some minutes off the bench. Do you think, just in general, um, in order for the Pacers to make the playoffs in 24, did they – did they fix what they needed to fix here? Not just with the draft, but you know, j- you know, overall. I mean, did they do enough uh, in the draft? Did they do enough in free agency? I mean, where, where's your head on you know the, the coming season for for the, for the Pacers? Yeah, look, I think that they made moves that were needed. Uh, you get a veteran, somebody who has playoff experience um, in Bruce Brown, which they, they really don't have. Uh, they they haven't had um, you know that playoff experience with these young guys outside of Rick Carlisle. Um, you know you go get a guy in Obi Toppin who I'm looking at right now played in the pro am game tonight and was throwing down dunks. Uh, I like Obi Toppin. I I think that there was a lot of untapped potential with the Knicks with him. Uh, there wasn't the minutes that maybe he was wanting to get out of out of college out of Dayton. Uh, I think he's a high flyer. I think he can defend. He's lengthy. Uh, we're going to see some highlight plays out of him, but I need consistency out of him. I, I don't need 25 points one night and a bunch of dunks, and then you clank a bunch the next night, and you're only scoring two to three points. Just some consistency, uh, I think, out of Obi Toppin is what they need. Uh, Brown is a guy on a prove-it-to-me contract, right? We're going to pay you big time for that one year, um, you know, but we have that option on year number two. So, you know, like, hey, I like the contract from the Pacers' standpoint. People say that maybe he, they overpaid for Bruce Brown. Uh, but if you really break down the contract and where the NBA standard is right now, um, I think they made enough moves to be exciting, to be competitive. I think they made enough moves to be in contention for that six, seven, eight seed in the Eastern Conference. Do I think that it's a move that's going to get them to the NBA Finals this year? No, but I think that they really set themselves up in spending that cap money Telling Tyree Talliburton, hey, you're our guy. We want you to continue to develop. You made the all-star team last year. Stay healthy, and we'll see where we can take this thing. So um, I like the moves. I mean, I give them overall a B-plus from the draft and, and free agency. Uh, maybe they're not done quite yet. There's been some other rumor mills and, and some other things coming up in, in, in trades. And maybe T.J. McConnell's a guy that gets shuffled out. Um, there was some rumors from Pascal Siakam that I think have now passed, as well as O.G. Ananobi. But I do like the moves. Um, I don't think it's a move that's going to, you know, get them in the realm of the Bucks or even even a team like Cleveland who showed a lot of signs last year. Uh, but I do think this 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 is a team that's going to be really competitive. You remember they were like seven games over 500 at one point in December, looking really good, and then injuries piled up. Uh, Miles Turner was hurt. Tyrese Halliburton missed some time, and, and that really derailed the season. And it really became okay. Now let's see the best draft pick that we can get moving forward. So. Um, like what I've seen, um, I'm not the craziest of expectations for this season, but I am excited for the future of the Pacers uh, for the next couple of years. So let's just say for for one second that you you are king for a day. You get to be GM of the Pacers for a day. What move haven't they made yet that you think they should make that you would make if you had that, that crown on the top of your head? What, what would you do uh, to, to put the crown jewel in the crown before the season starts? Yeah, and, and that's tough because, you know, obviously you can go out and, and just say some something oblivious. But, you know, I think that there may be one piece away from really being 
um, a team that can really contend. I think that they're, you know, if they were to get somebody like OG Ananobi, um, or, you know, Jeremy Grant was the guy that was mentioned as well. If they could get one more guy that can average 15 to 18 points for them um, on, on, on maybe a prove-it-to-me contract, I would have done that. Um, Kuzma was, was the guy that I thought they should look at. Um, Tobias Harris as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see any major type of uh, trades or, or, or movements coming, but maybe one more shooter. They don't really, you know, they have Buddy Heald. I like Buddy a great deal, um, who, who, who can shoot and, 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 and beat you from long range. Uh, but he's, he's 31 years old. So, you know, maybe if you can get younger and add a few other pieces and another shooter, great. But, um, I would keep him uh, and, and see how he is around the trade deadline. But um, as far as, you know, if I can go get somebody, Tobias Harris would have been a guy that I thought would have fit here well. You know, he, he, he was he was so good in Philadelphia, but kind of gets Very overshadowed. Very well, by the way. Very well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and kind of gets overshadowed, I think, you know, by, by some of the other superstars on that team. That would have been a guy that um, I thought would have fit well. The Pacers could be a veteran. Um, and, and, and can really develop alongside Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. Well, look, we're coming to the end of our time. We only have a few minutes left here. So we do this with all of our guests. I hope you don't mind. Uh, it's a little crazy. We do something called a lightning round. And I'm going to ask you a quick question or two, looking for a one-word, one-sentence answer. If you say something nutty, I might stop and – uh, and delve a little deeper. But I ask you three or four questions, and I throw them at you. Just they're just made for fun. So whatever you want to say, say it. Um, but I'm going to start out by asking you a question. So are you, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's fire these bad boys off. All right. So your favorite basketball movie of all time? Oh man, that's a great question. My favorite basketball movie of all time is a obscure movie called The Sixth Man with the Wayne Brothers. They play at the University of Washington, and it is uh, one of the most sad movies in the first 10 minutes, Then it's one of the most hilarious basketball movies you've ever seen. Oh, I, I, you know, it's funny because I expected uh, Hoosiers, or, or, or you get, like, there's, there's so many of them, and you come out as a little left fieldy uh, for me. Yeah. I personally, I, I, I'm I, uh, the fish that saved Pittsburgh for me. Uh, going yep. back, uh, I mean, I wasn't even around. I'm not sure you were around when it was made, but you know, just because I'm a Pittsburgh guy, uh, I, I got to give it. I got to give it props there. So, all right, I'm going to go a little deeper on this one. Your favorite basketball movie character of all time? Uh, Air Bud. <laughs> I didn't. There's. I didn't get that one. But yeah. All right. All right. I. I personally like Blue Chips. I like Nick Nolte's character. I felt bad for the guy. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, he was caught up in some stuff. But that movie was yep. that's Every time that's on, it's hard to turn off. So well, I, let me I always tell you keep quick, that movie. Go ahead. Let me tell you a quick, quick story on that movie. It was actually filmed in Frankfort, Indiana, which is about 30 miles north of Indianapolis at their high school. My cousins went to that school. We actually went to a taping. They had everything decked out in all the Dolphins gear. And uh, Shaq and Penny Hardaway, I believe, were there, and they taped some of the basketball scenes at Frankfurt High School uh, here just north of Indianapolis. So there's a little fun fact on the movie Blue Chips, which is also a very underrated movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. I, just, I think it's great. And by the way, the Chris Rock-Penny Hardaway 
commercials from back in the day. I don't, I don't think they've ever been topped. I mean, they're, they're still one of my favorite. All right. So your favorite Colts draft pick of all time. Um, you know, the, the obvious choice I think would be Peyton Manning, but to me, and when I came into radio here in Indianapolis, it was right around the time Andrew Luck came in. Um, I've always loved Andrew Luck. I've always appreciated Andrew Luck. Um, I, I, I hated to see what happened to his career. Uh, but as of right now, I think my favorite pick, uh, I know I've, I've given you obscure answers to the other questions, um, but my favorite Colts pick of all time is Andrew Luck. Oh, that's not, well, that's not obscure. I mean, you're right. That, this one's almost tap dead center. I mean, Manning's just too easy. So I, I like to see that you're going with Luck there. So in the last one, if you can't tell where I'm going with this, your favorite Pacer draft pick of all time. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm going to let you say it. You know, I mean, obviously my favorite player is going to be Reggie Miller, and that's going to be right. <laughs> uh, somebody that's up there. Um, but, um, you know, looking back, Rick Smith, massive out of merit. That was a huge part of that squad that, you know, really was underrated in the 90s. I got the Pacers to the Eastern Conference, ultimately to the NBA Finals in 2000. Uh, Rick Smith is up there as well. If we're talking about over the last couple of years, um, you know, this guy's a fan favorite in Indy. He's had a few few stops here. He was a second-round pick out of Cincinnati, but everybody here loves Lance Stevenson. And when they brought him back two years ago in a lame duck year and he put up 21 points in the first quarter, it was just the most Lance Stevenson thing of all time. Um, my least favorite <laughs> draft pick. It's, uh, my least favorite draft pick of all time for the Pacers was Roy Hibbert. Uh, didn't ever like him. Thought he was always soft. That was proven. Um, was not a fan. And then uh, the guys like T.J. Leaf that were drafted, just awful picks. No. Well, hey, look, Tony, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you on Draft Nation tonight. Uh, for those of you that want to find Tony Dunahue, you can find him at Tony D Indy on Twitter. Uh, also, yep. you know, he's part of the Fans Place and the Tony D Podcast, so look for him there. Thanks again for being on the show, Tony. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, hop on the Fans Place app. Check check us out. We do free daily contests. We get cash back, rewards, great prizes, uh, all for predicting what's going to happen at upcoming sporting events. So should be right up your guys' alley. And uh, anytime you want me on, Tuesday nights are always good. Let me know. Appreciate you guys having me. I will definitely have you back. And we also want to thank, before we leave tonight, we want to thank our sponsor, Caliente's Pizza and Draft House. Again, home of the world's best pizza. You can check them out at worldsbestpizza.com. And as always, remember, while Draft Nation may be off the air, we are always on the clock for you. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I am Joe412 signing off.